0: Welcome to Woke and Wired, a new conversation about expanded consciousness and entrepreneurship. Hey guys, I am so very excited about this podcast with Robin Uckelis. We've been friends on Instagram for years. It's one of those stories where we just vibed virtually for a long time And then Robin's new book, Thin From Within, came out earlier this year and her team reached out to me to do an event together. So we hosted a mindful morning with a bunch of awesome people and friends. And some of the things we talked about were intuition, entrepreneurship, morning rituals, growing your business, supporting each other as female entrepreneurs, and so many other things. So this podcast is as real as it gets and if you're not familiar with Robin, if you haven't seen all the TV segments with her or listened to many other podcasts with her, she is a speaker, a health coach, a TV host and number one best-selling author of books Go with Your Gut and Then From Within. She's all about leading with your gut, both figuratively and literally. And this episode is different from all the other podcasts that she has done so far in that we talk about things and business strategies and mindset that I don't think she's shared about before. So in this episode, we go over how Robin went from being a holistic health coach to creating an online marketing empire and everything that went into that from really using your intuition to make the decisions on where to go next with her business, to building a team and trusting people to help her. We talked about self-trust and launching things before you think you're ready to launch them. We also talk about releasing any limiting mindsets you may have about you not being ready or other people being more ready than you because we're all just figuring things out as we go. And she also goes into a new chapter of her life which has to do with being a mother and being more involved in the mom entrepreneur community. So whether you're a mom or not, this episode is super inspiring as we talk both about the business side of things, about social media side of things, and what role that played in Robin establishing her business and establishing her massive presence online. We also talk about how she practices self-care and in the end she'll give you intuitive eating tips because why not? When you feel good in your body you have more energy to do things. I've actually been thinking about that a lot and experiencing that a lot. I just went on a retreat where there was just so much delicious farm food at all times that I would sometimes eat when I wasn't really hungry and then my energy was just so low and today for dinner I only had half of what I wanted to eat. And I feel super nourished because we feel full only 10-15 minutes after we're done with our food. And I feel much more empowered and energized and inspired. If you want to see some of the video excerpts of this podcast interview, I'll be posting them on Instagram over at Woke and Wired. Definitely go check them out. And if you enjoy this episode and you want to know more, scroll all the way down to the very first episode. It's a short one. And I explained the intention behind it and how social media has played such a massive role in my life and expanding of what I think is possible for myself and being an immigrant and creating this total dream life because I allowed myself to dream big, to take action and do things that bring me joy and use social media to create all of that. This podcast is totally free and it's not monetized in any way yet. And if you could just take a moment to go on iTunes and leave a review and a rating for it, that would be greatly appreciated. And not only would I would feel great, but it would also help more people find the podcast. So, so that that impact created with this empowering and real and inspiring conversation really reaches way more people all over the world. And I would love to see your takeaways from the podcast. Just share your screenshot and stories on Instagram or any other social media you're using and tag at Woken Wired and tag at Robin Euclidus. I'm going to be putting links to both of them in the show notes. So just look at that. I'm also going to be linking everything we talk about. And I so appreciate you being here with me. All about gut health, all about intuition building an online marketing business, and selling courses. This is Robin Euclid. Woke and Wired. So the podcast is about conscious entrepreneurship practices that help you connect with your higher self, how that relates to your business. And I'm going to start Robin by asking you what's making you feel woke right now?
1: Oh, wow. This is even a new word for me. I have to (laughs) say I think I, told, I think I had that conversation with you. I was like, tell me what you mean by woke. And woke to me feels like consciousness, like really connecting in what it is that we're doing, what we're putting out in the world. And I think what's making me feel woke right now is the responsibility that comes with that. I think there's a lot happening in the wellness world of who our speakers are, who our leaders are, and the words that we're using and the impact that we're having in the world. And I'm doing a bit of an inventory right now To check that, am I putting, is what I'm putting out there what I want to say? Is it from the heart? Is it what I mean? And am I being inclusive? Am I being inclusive of different races, minorities, anything that's outside of what is my typical little bubble that I'm used to working within and really thinking about expanding my vision and who I'm connecting with. So. So what is that vision? (laughs) I think that vision is that there's a way for us to get our messages out there and reach a bigger audience and come from our stories and share what is true to us, but have it be, go beyond like my Brooklyn life. And I don't know what that looks like yet. I actually don't know, but I'm thinking about it and I'm listening to it. I'm following different accounts on Instagram that are inspiring me. I'm just seeing what's beyond my view right now.
0: What's your favorite Instagram account to follow right now? Oh,
1: right now? Wow. Wow. Favorite your Instagram account to follow. I think I am looking at Wild Mystic Woman. She's having the whole me and white supremacy conversation. I think that's really interesting. I love following Beck's life. She is a conscious entrepreneur and mama, a doula. She was my doula for Navy. And I just appreciate that she's constantly sharing where she's really at and not making it pretty or groomed or elegant and just being like, this is what's happening today. This is how I'm working on getting myself out there and it's not pretty, (laughs) but here it is. And she, she inspires me to just show up, even if I can't, you know, I'm with my daughter and I can only write an emoji for my Instagram caption, like just get it out there. It doesn't matter. That haunts me by the way, too, sometimes that I can't give as much focus and time to my Instagram captions, which sounds so silly, but it's true. Cause I feel like there's so much I want to say in a moment, but I have a second. So Anna.
0: but At the same time, do you notice that as long as you put that energy and that intention in it. Yes, some words are important and it's easier to communicate with people that way. But it's, I find that it's the energy that I put into the post and really the message that I want to convey that people really pick up, whether it's mm-hmm. in the words or not. And I love that you
1: remind me of that too. So if you're inspired by something, just, just get it. Whatever way you can get it out mm-hmm. there, get it out there while um, it's there. While it's there. Exactly. And <laughs> whatever it is that that looks like. And it is true. Anytime I take something that's more a thought at something or I took more time with it, it's, it lands flat. <laughs> it's just not like you know. I'm like, oh, this was great in the moment, but it's not that interesting. The moment is past, right? Exactly. Mm. So, Robin, you're a
0: best-selling author. You're a health coach. You're an entrepreneur. You're a mother. You're a speaker. You do so many things. What does your day-to-day actually look
1: like? Hmm. Day to day. So. I recently got an office space, so that has really anchored my day-to-day because I know, okay, if I'm going there, I can have the space to breathe and be, and maybe I have a super focused, productive work shift, and maybe I don't, but I have that space for myself. And that's one thing that really kind of got away from me in becoming a mom and an entrepreneur. I used to have a home office And that was lovely. And then my daughter came into the picture and was like, well, that's not going to work. And so I worked from coffee shops for so long. And I've been doing this for nearly a decade. And so it's funny to me to think now that I just recently got a dedicated office space outside of my home. But typical day is time with my daughter in the morning. We hear her. I, she comes in and I say she has more power parfaits. You might know from Robin's stories. <laughs> yes. Power parfait, just basically amped up yogurt bowl. So I get some chia seeds in there, some oats in there for her protein powder. And she loves it. And it allows me to use plain yogurt instead of product that may have an added sugar or something like that. So she loves that. We have that breakfast together. And before that, even my husband will typically take our daughter for a little bit so I can meditate. And meditation has been something, you know, nothing new in the wellness world. But for me, it's only recently really become something that I'm doing almost every single day. And I have noticed such a huge shift with that happening. So you use an app or you just sit with yourself? So I did the Ziva meditation program, Emily Fletcher's program. And what I love about it is she trains you. It's a 15-day digital course. And she trains you to be a self-sufficient meditator is what she calls it. So you don't need a timer. You don't need an app. You don't need music. There is a mantra in it. And again, I've done so many, so much meditation, but I never took a course that explained a, li- a lot more. And once my brain got phrases like, there's no such thing as a shallow or deep meditation. Like your body processes it the same way. And so if I hear my daughter crying in the other room and I can only sit for five minutes, I can tell myself, no, those five minutes were valuable. Like your system got something. And so. How freeing and cool is that, right? So I get to do that every day. So I meditate in the morning and then I usually make my matcha, make her power parfait. What's in your matcha? My matcha is some adaptogens based on like what I'm needing, but typically ashwagandha, coconut butter I put in mine, you know, maca or camo camo for immunity, collagen, of course, And depending on how many, I love sharing this tip, like I'll put a lot of adaptogens sometimes. So I do add a little bit of raw honey because those adaptogens can be intense to add in. I think when with the regular matcha flavor and then sometimes I'll add ginger in it too. I really like that. Fresh ginger? Yeah. I really like that. And yeah, so that's my matcha. I'll sip that with her. And my daughter knows I'm making matcha. She's like, oh, where do you put in your matcha today, mommy? Can I help? And she helps me. I let her like do little teaspoons and stuff. So we'll do that. And then I'll prep my food for the day as well. So I make sure I have my own personal power parfait. I used to, when she was much younger, I would make a bunch of them at, at once, but now I make them in the morning because I do have a little time. I make my power parfait and I make my rule of five plate. And both of those are from, then from within from my book and just basically a way to take your meal prep and put it together. And every I have- single Every single day? Every single day. How long does that take? Mm, 10 minutes. What do you make? The rule of five plate. So I'll do meal prep during the week. So I'll roast some veggies. I'll have my greens ready to go. I'll make sure I'll have- protein stock. I have my ferments. That's what's in there, by the way, It's basically greens, cooked vegetable, protein, healthy fat, and a ferment. So I put some variation of that in my to-go container. And I think sometimes I'll take an uh, an apple or something like that. I don't usually eat a snack, but I'll grab one because I like to have it. I love raw fennel. So I'll put raw fennel on a little bag for myself sometimes a kombucha my water and i have like a lunch bag that like you'd send a kid off to school i go off to my office with my lunch bag i do that every single day that's i feel really good in my body because of that that people are like you know what do you do to lose weight or do i was like i just focus on eating my food like i make my food and i eat my food and- that's the thing
0: i don't understand is i'm very much go with the flow and so I usually know right before I want to eat what I want to eat, Mm -hmm. but I can't plan ahead
1: of time what my body's going to be in the mood for. Throw a kid into the mix and then let me know (laughs) what what changes when everything feels chaotic. You know, some mornings my daughter comes to the door and says, bye, mommy, and blows me a kiss. Some mornings she's hysterically screaming on my leg, don't go, mommy. You know, and uh, yeah, and it's, it's can be heart wrenching most days and I know she's fine. You, you mentally know she's fine, but chemically I'm having a reaction in my body. I'm having a hormonal reaction. So the food becomes, yes, there's like an intuitive piece of what do I want here? But mostly you're just grateful to have something solid and stable that you made with love for you Mm. when you get to the office and you're like, okay, I need to focus. I need to come back Mm. into me. So, okay. So
0: you got your matcha with ashwagandha, you got your power parfait. You're at your office, what happens? Okay, so then
1: I will, computer, emails, I'll do, I have Emily, person I work with at my team, Your Healthiest You, and she does a lot of my program direction and some creative visioning with me. And so it's really what's happening that day, what are our priorities, what's she working on, what am I working on? Because it can be, I can feel really scattery in my work sometimes. So it's like, okay, here's my focus, I can do this. And then I'll vacillate between kind of the tasky stuff and the bigger project stuff.
0: So, what are all the projects? Because you have online programs, <laughs> yes. you have in-person things, you have your book. How do you actually split up your day? And like, maybe you can do a somewhat raw percentage-wise. What is your business?
1: Okay, so yeah, so I always say people are like, "Oh, you're a health coach and you're an author," and it's like, mostly I am in the business, and I'm very just more recently clear about this with myself. I'm in the business of online marketing. I sell programs, mostly digital, available all around the world online. That is what I do. That is the my the largest income in my business. And that's where I focus the big pieces around. And those are the anchors for the year. And then everything else gets filled in with that. So I do do speaking engagements. I do do brand partnerships and collaborations, but really the markers of these launches around these products and these programs are what I, I know my year is based on. So this is the income we're aiming to make this year. I need this, this, this for that. And also it's that planned out, but a huge heavy dose of intuition, what I'm feeling, what I want to do. I change those plans all the time. <laughs> and I sort of like crawl into my office and I'm like, Emily. We're launching a new product next month. And she's like, ah. But no, she loves it because when it's, you know, I feel super inspired and super lit up by something, it's so much easier to write copy and share it and talk about it and do it, deliver, whatever it is that I'm delivering on. And then the books are about every other year. I see. Yeah.
0: So where do we even begin? Let's see. For me personally, I've thought about doing online programs for the longest time. I have some courses like introductory level here and there. But I've never really, I've, I've bought a course on how to make a course, a really expensive one, Mm -hmm. and then I never made it. Okay. Because I got so busy, breakfast criminals really started taking off, and I have a lot of brand partnerships on my Mm -hmm. plate. A lot of traveling retreats and,
1: you know, a lot of things. You mm-hmm. understand? Yeah, it's a lot of work. Everything is a lot of work that So see. it's like
0: <laughs> learning how to do a whole online program and then also learn all the funnels and all the leads and like that whole thing. It's just I, something I never wrapped my head around and mm-hmm. really created, committed time for. Tell me your journey of how you did your first
1: course and how that snowballed into all the
0: different programs mm-hmm. you have now.
1: Yeah. So it was, it wasn't on purpose. I was not, like I said, I just recently was like, okay, this, I'm in the, the, the business of this. When I started, I went to the Institute for Integrative Nutrition nearly a decade ago. I had no interest in being a health coach Where were you? or before that I worked in nonprofits doing events and fundraising. And also I was an actress. So I that in a lot of theater and traveling for that. Yeah. I was in the circus. I used to do circus arts. Yeah. (laughs) Do you have an IMDb page? I do have an IMDb page. I was in Garden State, which was on television last night. So I was laughing about that. But yeah, I I was acting and I'd always acted since I was a kid. So I was redheaded and song, dance, all the, you know, my mom had music lessons every single week and taken to all the auditions. And I loved it. I loved it. And when I went to school, my dad was like, I'm not paying for you to go to acting school. You've been doing that your whole life. So I was like, okay. I went to school and I realized, you know, this passion and this need and this desire in me to contribute some way to the world, something bigger than myself. I always thought of like, I could never just do something that was just money that moved money into another container. That's what it felt like to me. So I was going to be an international criminal court lawyer. Yeah, that was my plan. So I went to school and I double majored in international relations and political philosophy with a minor in geology. And I worked at the UN and I worked at all these organizations and it just wasn't, I wasn't like eating it up at night. I always felt like when I was at the UN, I was with these other people my age, they were reading the articles and reading the books. And I just like left my work at work and went home and thought about acting or whatever else I could be doing. So I was like, I think you need a little bit more foot in the game, you know, head in the game to be doing something like this. So I eventually transitioned over to doing more acting. And then I found my way to nutrition school because I was living in Los Angeles and getting really obsessed with the, the food there, you know, going to the farmer's markets. That was all new to me. Food to me was, my mom had always been an incredible cook, but my own home cooking was Trader Joe's and, you know, what I could make from, which has evolved a long way. I mean, they have incredible products now, Trader but Joe's it was- Trader Joe's tortellini? It was, yeah, Trader Joe's tortellini and frozen veggies and like throwing that in the pan with Parmesan that was like me cooking. And I was in a new relationship with my now husband. And I went to the farmer's market. I got these eggs and the sourdough bread and I made the sandwich and it led me to nutrition school, but I had no plans. It was like, I want to do something with food, but I didn't know what. And when I went to school, they taught me very strongly, very clearly on how to have a business as a health coach. And I realized I had a business head. Like I remember once when I worked at a ski shop in my first year of college, like I was always the highest sales commission because I could always connect with the customer and it wasn't that I was selling them stuff they didn't need. I just saw what they wanted and that they really needed help with. And I realized like okay, that's there's something there. And so I started my health coaching practice and I really just did what they told me to to start with. I got clients and did one-on-one for years. And so to come back to your question around the online programs, my first few rounds of online programs that I put out there, I canceled. Like I had like one or two people enroll. I was like, no, 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 this isn't right for me. And I canceled them. And eventually what happened is the the group thing wrote itself. It started to get clearer and clearer and clearer. And my first coaching program, the Rockstar Roadmap was what I was giving my clients. It was just, it turned itself into modules. It turned itself into kind of what I had an eye on around in the industry. You sort of see what you're, Colleagues are doing and what's out there. And it started to take that shape. And I did some trainings, you know, to get it out there more. And I had had my education around it. And eventually it was just the work that led me there. But that was certainly not without a ton of self doubt and anxiety and fear and doubting and questioning myself every single day. But so it took me a little while to get here, but eventually I landed here.
0: <laughs> so it was through doing one-on-one coaching, right? That you really streamlined the content. Mm-hmm. And then were there any specific trainings you've done or mentors you've worked with to really get it straight and, and figure out the technology?
1: Yeah. So I did some high level business coaching back in the day. I remember with Monica Shaw and a lot of her work was around the money, which was very helpful for me. She was like, okay, if this is what you want to make, then this is how many clients you need a month. If you close X amount of clients in a month, this is how many events to get breakthrough sessions with them. And it was a really helpful way for me to feel kind of in control of it. Because I was starting to feel like coaching was a little bit like acting, like it was totally out of control. They could say yes, or they could say no. But she showed me that it was a percentage and kind of like a numbers. And of course, clients that you want to be aligned with, but it helped me just stay in it and stay on it. So instead of booking one speaking gig a month, I was like, okay, I need three. So let me call people, you know, and this also amplified how many people I was helping, but it gave me a framework to work with. So she was really great in the beginning for me. And then I did take Marie Forleo's B-School and I learned kind of, again, her systems around that, but mostly it was just looking at what people around me were doing and not to copy but just to be like, oh, OK, that's how you're talking about that. That's a cool training you did. I can do that, too. What do I have to say about this? And for me, it's always just about getting it on the calendar. You know, if you want to focus on doing like when on your marketing or um, and funnels or whatever that is, like, when is that getting on the calendar? When am I making time for that? And I do that for big projects and I do that for small projects. I have a speaking gig coming up with Wanderlust in Canada. And it's complicated because I have to figure out if I'm bringing my child and it's Canada and then I need childcare coverage. And I kind of don't, it's not coming to me. So I just put a time in the calendar that I'm going to sit down and shake out Canada and come go from zero to 10. That's so cool about Wonderlust. Thank you. I'm really excited about that. It's, it's supposed to be beautiful. It's Mont Tremblant oh. village. So it's the end of August. You're thinking about bringing your child. What about your husband? Well, we're coming off of a fish festival the weekend before. (laughs) we are talking about going to that too. Are you going to to be there? Uh, We go to a lot of fish, fish the band. For those of you who don't know, my husband's seen like 150 shows. And with him, I've seen almost 100 shows, which is wild. I was not a fan before. He and I dated for eight months and then they got back together. And then I very quickly realized how much of a thing this was for him. And I was like, well, I can stay home or I can go and I can figure out how to go. And he thankfully explained the music to me. I understood it. I like the community and I just kind of did it my way, mm. which you would think it went a fish. So I'm like going to Coachella or like something fancy and I'm not, but I have fun that way. I so, would like to get a little one-on-one from you on the fish. Okay. Fish fans. Yeah. The fish. It's a thing. It's a big thing. It would make a great YouTube video <laughs> and podcast. So yeah, so he's, we're going to fish festival the weekend before. So that's a lot for him. He is an entrepreneur and, very busy with that. He has an office in LA and New York. He's a mortgage broker, but manages a big team and it's just really busy. And so for us to get back from the festival on Monday, then need to be in Canada on Thursdays. Mm. So this is the like mom family life business, working this out and seeing how this shakes out. Mm. So Sometimes there's a very clear, easy answer on something, and sometimes there's not. I have to sit down and really like, okay, what would be supportive here? What do you need? And coming at it from a place of we can figure this out rather than, oh my God, I'm freaking out about this, which is what I used to do.
0: So how do you, when opportunities come your way, which of course there's more and more of as you write more successful books, what's your process of deciding which ones to say yes to and which ones to not? And how is your gut involved in that? Yeah, I
1: was just gonna say, I go with my gut. <laughs> so the first you know, the first um, book I wrote is called Go With Your Gut. And the second book is then from within the go with your gut way to lose weight. And mind you, in that conversation, I have a different definition of weight. I think more about emotional weight rather than physical weight and what that all means and how that's connected. But really it, for me, it is this intuitive process that I will get quiet. Sometimes I'll just put a hand on my belly and take a few deep breaths and, and ask and then see what what I hear. And then I also do, I've shared about this a little bit, but I do see a lot of things over my left eye on kind of a screen. Someone told me recently, oh, Emily told me that there's a Goop podcast about the, I haven't listened to it at the... Person sees things over the. She said they describe it the same way you do, which I thought was really cool because I've never heard anybody describe their kind of clear, odd and clear. I don't know. I haven't like Their clear left eye. Their clear left eye. Yeah, it looks like a movie screen about a foot or two over my left eye, and I just have visions that then connect to my gut, and I get a little like vibrational sense on it. Do your eyes have to be closed? No, no. I just like I'll see it. It almost plays like a little like movie projector. What are you seeing now? Well, the funny thing is, I've never really like. Tuned into it in like a moving moment, you know. It's usually like getting quiet. I'm alone, but I'm curious to see if there's more there for me to explore. And I'm starting to feel like there is because the conversation around us, around Claire, Auden, Clairvoyant, whatever, is getting so much stronger, and we're hearing it more and more from a lot of people that we all have these senses and we all can tune into them. And for me, it's just—I thought it's just always been a gift. Like I remember seeing it when I'm like very small, like three or four years old. Like I remember having those visions as a child. So. We'll explore that. I always feel like, you know, I can get overwhelmed by these things or I can tell myself life is a long time, hopefully. And we have time to explore our interests. We have time, you know, I, I don't, I can't do everything right now. So I start to just hear the messages and hear when something's getting louder and it wants my focus. But I, I let that play out a bit before mm-hmm. I like jump on it, for example. Mm-hmm. Does that make
0: sense? Yeah. Ashley Wood, who is probably that episode is going to be out by the time this one out. I recorded with her.
1: Oh Yeah. And I met her from your IG takeover on breakfast criminals. Oh, yes. I, I watched it. And I was like, she's really cool. I'm really into her. And then she emailed me that night. Right. By, totally by accident. I sent nothing out to her other than like vibes. And I got an email from her. Do you want to be on the podcast?
0: And she I was messaged me like, yes. and
1: said she wants to connect. That's amazing. So her story is
0: very similar. Yeah. She was clairvoyant her whole life, but she kind of just thought that's normal. Yeah. So it's interesting that you bring that up. Maybe yeah. that's your next book. Next something. So
1: yeah. So with the, back to the opportunities and I do look at the calendar. What makes sense? Where I struggle is when opportunities are close to amazing, but not quite it. Like, it's a great opportunity, but the location is funky or the location is great, but the date is hard. So I feel like I'm some of that's happening and I'm wondering, just sharing, like it, it's a time for inquiry for me. Is this for me to ask for the ones you really want and say no? Or is this part of you getting closer to closer to mm. what's in full, full alignment? Because. If something is in 100% alignment, it doesn't mean if it's not in 100% alignment, it doesn't mean it's 100% out of alignment. Do you know what I mean? If there's somewhere in the gray area, but close to like amazing, is it still a yes or is it the universe saying you're supposed to say no to these things?
0: And there's also this question of as women, I feel like we don't naturally ask for what we really, really want, mm-hmm. so it's asking a few questions and making a few requests to see maybe they the
1: offering party can bring it up to yeah. incredible and even yeah. better, right? Something that would blow you away. Like, what would that look like? Mm-hmm. I agree with that with the women comment because, and I have a friend who's she's like, yeah, my husband does consulting and he's like, you know, peeing in the morning and he's charging five thousand dollars for a forty-five minute <laughs> phone call. <I'm laughs> like, okay, got it. <laughs> like, we need to be upping our worth for real. Yeah. <laughs> like, for real. Like, what would that really look like? Totally.
0: What's What's your process? You know, what, what's blowing my mind in the past year, I've really increased my rates on everything. Mm-hmm. And the more I speak to people around me, the more I realize it's still, like, there's still t- so many people who charge even more. So we all have our own sort of, like, limits of what we think is decent. And I've been playing with that more and more and just throwing things out there and realizing people are willing to pay Mm -hmm. and people see the value. And that's blowing my mind. So do you have like a mastermind or a coach that you're working with? What's your structure on really expanding and having like a strategic overall perspective on your business? Mm, I
1: love that. Usually for me, when to be transparent around the money, the money conversation is I I ask and I usually hear a number. Like I, that's something that sort of comes down. Not that I see it, but I hear it. And then I sort of Check with my gut, and then I said, "Well, what would it look like if I doubled that number?" Or you know, I kind of play with it, like you said. Um, I do have a girls, like not like an official mastermind, but we're on a text message thread. We have meetings together sometimes, and just sort of share and get perspective, which has been really helpful and just to connect. Um, because even now that I have a team around me, it still can feel lonely in entrepreneurship. That was a big thing that I am only now really, really realizing how lonely I was for so many years and how that kept me, I think, playing smaller than I could have potentially been. I trust timing and I trust I am exactly where I'm meant to be, but it's interesting to look back at that. Um, So I have that. And then I just joined this group called the Modern Mamas who are all entrepreneurs and have little ones. And it's funny about that because I literally had a moment where the mom journey for me has been something I was very resistant to. Not that interested in, to be honest, you know, not listening to podcasts or reading about it. I did not have my hospital bag packed when my daughter came. She was a week early. I literally had nothing in the house. You know, I just was not that interested in it. (laughs) Just funny. If anybody watches me on social media, you'd think like, you know, she is so much the center of my life, but it really was just when she got here. And so I haven't been so in the mom world. And I had a moment, I think it was last week where I was like, I'm ready. Like, I felt like there's an impact that I can have with the moms, for the moms, around the moms. I just felt that there was something there. And then the next day I got an invitation to be part of this kind of like select group of entrepreneurial female mamas. And I was like, yes, and now we're connecting. And there's just something about where I have a WhatsApp thread right now and there's meetings, but just it's just nice to see other mamas who are doing it mm-hmm. too.
0: So you mentioned, you know, you just had that thought, I'm ready, mm-hmm. kind of put that out into the universe and then a the universe matches that. Typical law of attraction, varying to that stuff. I'm curious in your business, what's your process? Do you write mm-hmm. things down like these are my five goals and things mm-hmm. I want to achieve,
1: or do you just know no. it in your body? <laughs> You're ready. Like, how, how does that work? Yes. So I kind of I think about what do I want to create, what do we already have, what deserves more time and attention, or another kind of round or sharing because we've already worked so hard on it. My instinct is to always want to create new. And I have spent the last like three years and and I think part of why my business has shifted so much for the better and found felt so much stronger in the past few years is because I have focused on what I have. And that was from another health coach girlfriend who was like, launch the thing you have. The thing you have is amazing. Launch the thing you have. It doesn't matter if the intro isn't perfect. It doesn't matter if you're talking about this in one of the calls. It's great. People get so much from it. Do it again. And so commitment to that has been great. And then when I have these ideas, I sit in a session with Emily and we just do a shakeout brainstorm. And sometimes they go somewhere and sometimes we just know they're there and that feels better. And so I kind of have these big visioning days once a quarter and then we plan the calendar out from that.
0: So what did it take from you to get over self fear, self doubt, Mm -hmm. that voice that's saying it's not perfect or it's not ready? How did you just move past that and put things out there on a big scale? So...
1: I think for me, I, it was a slow process and it definitely was around team building. I worked alone and I had a virtual, some virtual support, but they weren't necessarily like my people. They weren't someone like I crave, like how you and I are sitting here like this, like this lights me up, like this energizes me. I crave this. And so to think that I could have a 40 hour work week or whatever it was, it's not 40 hours, but whatever it was that I could be doing that without. Someone else's energy bounce. There is magic in a push pull, in an up and a down, in a, it's just something that brings you kind of more to clarity. It's funny, it's reminding me of when I wrote my first book. Well, when my first book came out, I was nine months pregnant. With my daughter. And I was so terrified of that when I got pregnant with her. The only thing I said, I was like, I don't want the book and the baby coming out at the same time. <laughs> they came out two weeks apart. <laughs> I had my, my book come out and then my daughter came out two weeks later. And people said to me, Oh my God, you must be so overwhelmed or so tired. And I was like, no, it required me to get laser focused. And so I feel like I do best with something to push against or pull against or lean against. Because it helps me feel where I am more rather than just floating. Does that make sense? Totally.
0: So that's, we're getting into a big topic here of really building your team Mm -hmm. and stepping into leadership and trusting people around you. That's something I'm personally still working on. I've taken big steps for sure in the past year and a half as I have my incredible, incredible assistant, Amanda. It helps me with a lot of brand partnerships. But there's so many more things that I can be doing, and I know mm-hmm. if I had the right people in place. But it's just I get so overwhelmed. Anytime I post a job, I get such big response, so many emails, and then can Amanda process those for you? <laughs> she can. <laughs> okay, yeah, she actually <laughs> offered that.
1: But
0: I'm just curious. You know, what was your process of
1: really building out the team? Hmm. So I always knew I needed a technical help. Because I am, I admire anyone. Like you can edit videos, right? Clearly. Like- I create all my own websites. I can edit videos. I can edit podcasts. I can do too much. Total opposite of that. <laughs> I technically cannot do anything. So right out of the gate, I needed other people to be able to get out into the world when I wanted to get out into the world. So I'd always work with a virtual assistant, someone, you know, in the health coaching that was typically rather used to serving health coaches and and blog posts and getting newsletters out and things like that. Although I did used to do my newsletter. So I come from that place of already kind of needing people for better or for worse. And so I think over time, I just started to realize like, well, if I had someone that wasn't just someone I needed to technically help me, but could creatively help me, could emotionally help me, wow, what would that look like? And so only recently after the book um, came out is I expanded my team by two more people. And I was super clear this time of who I wanted, what I was looking for, the vibe, the energy. And we got so many applications and I looked over them and literally I was like, I, I turned to Emily. I was like, can I just interview one person for each of these jobs? Because that is exactly the one person I want and the one person I want. And those are, that's, that's what we did. We interviewed one person for each of the roles and that's who we hired. Wow. And they're, they're working out amazingly. But something that's interesting to share is I spent a lot more time of, a lot of, more of my time than I planned on managing them. Because if you bring more people on, you become more of the orchestrator, right? And you're doing your past position as well, and you're orchestrating, but you are able to maintain so much more of what's being put out there. So I don't think that more help necessarily means like, oh, I can, I'm going to have more time for myself. It just means you will be able to do more of the things that you want to do.
0: What about energetically? Because I feel like, you know, some days I have more energy, some days I have less energy, but when you have a team that you're responsible for, I feel like that always takes not like putting a mask on, but being the strong one mm-hmm. and really holding that big container and mm-hmm. carrying it all together and taking that responsibility. How do you do that? How, you know, taking care of a home, of yeah. a child, all these businesses.
1: Yeah. So most of the time, I do have like let's do this energy. A lot of the time, I do. I am really tired. Like I spent, you know, a year and a half of my daughter not sleeping. You know, I was breastfeeding her every three hours for the first year. So I was really tired, but I think I let myself off the hook with that. I think I realized like, I don't think of myself so much as the manager, as the leader. Like I think less like I'm leading and more like I'm living and they're supporting that vision and they're very clear on their roles and they're working their best to support their roles. And it all kind of, it's like letting yourself off the hook of it, right? It's like showing up where you know you need to, but what could that look like if it felt really relaxed and really in flow and you know, sometimes if I need to rest, I say, okay, I got to go offline. I'm going to go rest now, you know, and they see my schedule. I travel so much. So everyone on my team has to be real (laughs) self-sufficient and they are.
0: (laughs) So, um, I just had the most brilliant question. I forgot it. I was looking at you and your makeup and mm-hmm. I'm remembering your takeover. How's people messaging me after like days after and asking what makeup you were using?
1: Oh my God. I get a lot of messages about my makeup. Everyone's like, what is I'm like, I don't know a lot of different things in my makeup case. Honestly, I'll give a little makeup tip if you want to share this with people. I use a lot of peaches and pinks, mm-hmm. which read pretty. Like I think we're used to more browns and taupes mm-hmm. and neutrals. And there's something about the peaches and the pinks that make us look like mm-hmm. flush pop. And like we slept a lot.
0: Speaking of looking great, this is my question. Yay! Yay, (laughs) When have you? At what point of your career have you felt the most aligned ever
1: so far? Wow! Wow! When have I felt the most aligned? I really do think in my launches, like when I'm able, when I'm tired, or there's a lot going on. Launches require like so much work. They like no matter how much support you have, they ask you to show up with your whole self. Like you are being seen. You need if you don't share about it and across all the platforms and all the ways and from your heart and from soul, it it doesn't work. And I think I I really do feel the most aligned when it's something that I know is incredible. Like right now, I'm launching a program called the Rockstar Coaching Collective. And it's for entrepreneurs, don't even need to be on just women who want to feel like they are living on their purpose and in their lives, whether that's in wellness or a health coaching business or really you know, of a lawyer as a mom and just wants to feel good in her body and make sure that she is doing that. And it's mostly about community and sharing and showing up. And it's live with me every single week. And there's no script. There's no homework. There's no even like program. It's just a live community coaching session every week. And it's I have to show up no matter what. And that really also to share back to some earlier questions, like showing up live with them every week makes me show up in my life no matter what, Mm. which is incredible. But sharing about this program, like I just, I see how it's changing these women's lives. I see how they just feel so much better and how they are able to let themselves off the hook for so much more that they thought they were supposed to be or should be or Mm. managing. And so when i'm sharing about this and i and i see the results like that to me feels like alignment and i i do appreciate my body and my brain and my soul when i put in that extra when i can say at the end of a launch like i know i did everything there wasn't an intuitive hit where i was like i could have done one more ig live or i could have written one more email like when i know i've done everything to support it and the process and the women who need to be there like i feel really in alignment
0: mm. wow i'm inspired to To do something like that with coaching, (laughs) launching, just listening to you say that. Because it does make a lot of sense. Having that commitment to show up for others does make us show up for ourselves. You know, since I started doing more podcast interviews and more videos, I started dressing up. Not like dressing up, but wearing something that's not just yoga pants, Mm -hmm. at least some top that's nicer and putting a little Mm bit of makeup on. And I just feel so different, yeah. whether I'm opening the door to the UPS guy or I'm <laughs> running to someone at the coffee
1: shop. I just feel so much more present. And it anchors your week. Again, it it's something to push against. It's like, well, if I know I'm doing that Tuesday, then what else can fall around mm-hmm. that? Whereas in my earlier coaching days, I had my coaching client appointments, but the only other thing besides that was my workout. Like that was the only thing that sometimes I left the house for in that day. Mm-hmm. You know, we need these things that ask us to show mm-hmm. up. Other alignment moments too are really. This is more of just like an ongoing thing, but realizing like, whoa, I have two books. Like that's a whoa. How, how did that happen? You know, time is such a wild thing, and the creative process is such a wild thing, and recipe testing and all of it. It's like, wow, that's that's something. Because I do come up from a place because I don't have such as strong as av- as I should say of a wellness background. I often feel like, oh, I did that. Like, look, I still feel like that sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, of course, I have two books. It's like, oh my god, to me still. Like, oh, I have all these programs. Oh, my God. I'm so helical. Like, wow. Like, I surprised pres- myself.
0: <laughs> oh, That's why I actually, I love podcasts. One of the reasons. Um, I like going back to interviews of me on other podcasts and just rediscovering myself and the places where I've been and how much I've learned and how much I've grown and just acknowledging myself. I feel like it's so so important to take that pause and acknowledge our journey and look back a few years and be like whoa all these things I was just dreaming of having I actually have now yeah yes mm-hmm. so how did did your first book come about
1: that's actually a really
0: cool story that was a
1: very like intuitive train that let me like little mouse cookie crumbs or something for the mouse that I like kept picking up the little, cookie the little crumbs, gluten-free paleo cookie crumbs. Um, so for the program, the rockstar roadmap, which was my first digital course, which a lot of that content became my first book. Go with your gut. I created a launch video. That was a music video. I did a spoof on Robin Thicke's blurred lines that you can still find online. If you go to my name and search <laughs> the rockstar roadmap, you'll see me in my apartment dancing. To like doing it's all like a wellness booth. It's really funny. We should include the link for your for people. I'd be like, I made a music video basically. So I made this music video, and then my friend Alex Jameson, who's also a wellness guru, whatever you want to call her, she was going to this entrepreneurs kind of like summit mastermind group, and she invited me, and they had a contest about marketing collateral. And so I submitted the video and I won. And no one knew who I was there. It was just a completely different community and audience. And I, there was a literary agent there that I was connected to. And she's like, I love the video that blew me away. And let's talk. And I connected with her and she's honest with me. She is so smart and straightforward and incredible. Um Celeste Fine. And I now at Sterling Lord, I now have an additional agent, Sarah Passick, who's incredible as well. But she said to me, I'm going to be honest with you, you're a little earlier, you're a little early in your career for a book, but you've got it. Like you, I, whatever you're going to put out in the world, I wholeheartedly believe in and know is going to be ace." She didn't use the word ace, but I'm using it. And so she really helped me shape the message of that first book and what was in there. And that book got rewritten like three different times too, because it was such a process for me to be like, what am I putting in a book? Like I thought it was going to be this but it needs to be better. And if this is something that's a difference between programs and books, like this is my um, publishing company gave me a wonderful, there was this wonderful bit that she said, my publisher, she was like, I want someone to be able to pick up this book in 10 years and have it translate and look right and look great. And the information still useful. And I was like, okay, this is something that's long distance. Like what really goes in here? And that was a little different than the original intention. So I got writing, questioned myself through the whole thing. The end of the book process, I was, it was my first trimester with my daughter, I was so sick. I was so miserable. And I just had to push, push and finish. And I did. And it came out and it was just an incredible process. And mostly just, again, being seen mm-hmm. and then reading that book again, like people buy that book now. And it's like, they're like, it's so good. I'm like, it's good. Like I read it. It's good. Like I really did write it with that intention of, of having it just be so solid and so grounded and so connected and from my intuition.
0: Did having a published book change your career trajectory?
1: Definitely increase like numbers for sure. Just more people in my community, more people seeing me, more people knowing who I am, more people feeling a connection with me. And so just a greater kind of like, you know, expanding that vision, kind of what I mentioned earlier and, you know, the start of this podcast, like if that's who's in my my field now, like how can that be even bigger? How can I help even more? Hmm. So speaking of
0: audience and connection with audience, Robin took over the Breakfast Criminals Account a couple of months ago to share her morning routine. And the amount of people that came over onto Breakfast Criminals after that just blew me away. Really? That's so cool. Considering your number of followers and, Mm -hmm. you know, I've had people with all ranges from like 2,000 to hundreds of thousands and the engagement I got from your takeover just blew me away. I have never seen anything like that. My people. I love you guys. Your people. (laughs) So with that, I'm curious to know what role did social media play
1: in your, in your career? Mm. So it's interesting. you are I think of you, correct me if I'm wrong, it's very forward thinking in your social media. It's social media first. And a lot of things support that. Me, I'm just doing my work and what I'm sharing out there. And then the social media is kind of like after that. So my first touch point with my community is my newsletter. So I'm not even what I consider a blogger. Like I don't think in blog posts and what I'm SEO and what I'm sharing that, I think, okay, what am I emailing people this week about? What do they want to know? What do they want to hear? And for me, my newsletter still very much is an email to you in your inbox of what's happening, how I can be helpful, how I can support you. So I think newsletter, and then that goes to blog post. And then it's kind of like, what's the vibration I'm in that day or that week that I'm then sharing in social media. But because social media changes so much, like just to think when Go With Your Gut came out, my first book, there wasn't Instagram stories. I just shared that from my feed and from Facebook. And now since Finn from Within came out, it's been, it's been all Instagram stories. So it's definitely something that I've had to think about more in the plan and the big picture of how I'm sharing and how it's getting there. But it's not as natural for me. It's like people say, well, like I'm in, I'm studying social media campaigns or like that's not a natural thing for me. It's just kind of like I do it and I'm like, okay, I know enough to get it out there. But as far as like planning and, and be more. it's thoughtful with it. It's more just like still an extension of what's happening in my day and what's coming from everything else that I'm doing. What's the coolest thing
0: that has happened to you on social media?
1: I think working with brands for sure. I've had incredible brand contracts, brands that I've been talking about since the beginning of my coaching practice, reaching out to me, compensating me, compensating me. (laughs) I've had brands reach out to me, compensating me in incredible ways incredible ways and with products and giveaways. And they've been the most amazing people to work with and products that I love, like would give to the world if I could. So that part has been really cool. Not even to think, yeah, you can get paid for doing X, but more just, oh, you want to work with me? I love this. Like, let's talk about that. I think speaking opportunities and I think also podcasts, getting to be a guest on podcasts. I love being on podcasts. I love it. Yay, I love it. I on. I do. I love it. I love talking. I love connecting. I love sharing. I'm a storyteller. And this is to me one of the greatest like arts and forms that we're getting to do it right now. What's the thing you miss the most about growing up without social media? Oh my god. I thank my lucky stars that there was no social media in college. My girlfriends and I, we just have those printed photos, you know, printed, you call them printed when you got them. What do they call? Not printed. Polaroids. Polaroids. not Polaroids. When you get your developed, developed, yes. developed kids. Didn't even think of the word. Your developed photos. So I have stacks and stacks from college. So I'm just grateful that no one was around at 3 a.m., 4 a.m. 5 a.m. Even in my late 20s when I was living in Los Angeles and, you know, dating lead singers and bands and skinny jeans who were up to no good <laughs> on sunset strip, you know, eating in diners at five in the morning. Like that that wasn't around then. So I'm grateful for that. I'm not sure if there's anything that I miss, but, you know, it is interesting now, especially for me having all these moving parts, having a husband who doesn't want his face all the time to be shared. You know, I can't tell you guys how many videos I've started. I've been like, nope, can't share that. X out, you know, um, being respectful of him and his space and also respectful of my role and, sh- and that it is my life to share. So it's not that it's just checking in with my feelings towards it. Like, am I, does this feel good today? I don't ever want to resent it. I honor it. I am grateful for it. It has gotten my book in so many people's hands who needed it and so many messages like, thank you for writing this. Thank you for speaking to me about this. Thank you for sharing. And even just, you know, on a more top layer than that, like, thanks for this recipe. Like, it's one thing that I can make for my kids every week and everyone loves it. Thank you. Um, So that's incredible. It's just, you know, that push-pull relationship with it. You know, and my friends say to me, I don't know how you do it. You know, you're sharing it at 10 o'clock at night. And I'm just, I'm mindful that it's, it's not that it's not a lot of that, that I'm not pushing that the launches are specific and then they end and that I have a window where it's not about that. Do you remember your first screen name? I still have it. It's Robin Y three three three. The Robin Y. So it's Robin, and then my last name is Euclid. So it was a Y three is my favorite number, and there was three of them. And then my first kind of New York City apartment, my mom used to live on the Upper East Side, so I lived with her after graduating college. The building was three three three. So Robin Y three three three. But I didn't really get a screen name until late. So. Yeah. My mom had that apartment and I think when I was in college, that's what I'm thinking. So that's where it came from, but I didn't have a screen. I'm older than (laughs) y'all. I'm older than everybody. Speaking of um, (laughs) Late thirties here, kids.
0: (laughs) What's something that you could share that you have learned about being a leader, about having a team, about building a Mm -hmm. business, maybe like the biggest mistake you've made or a takeaway that you think everyone should know about?
1: Thinking that like everyone else is doing it better than you. Everyone knows what they're doing. Everyone has it figured out. Everyone's just Googling and asking people and searching in Facebook groups. You know, like definitely some of us have, like you have talents and skills that I don't have and I have talents and skills that you may not have. We can ask each other, you know, but me thinking that you have your list and my list and another list and another list is enough to keep you stuck for days. Mm. Right? So... Yeah, people, everyone's just trying to do their best and figure it out. And I really like to give a lot of grace, especially to female entrepreneurs. I know a lot of people can take some flack for posting about brands too much. Every time I see someone post about a brand, I comment and like because I'm like, you go girl. Mm. Like. Get yourself paid. Like this is your business. You have every right to get paid for your business, obviously, when it's in alignment and connects. Exactly. But like get yeah, good for you. Mm. Like I see it as a positive. Mm. Um, and how we are using these these platforms to be our work Mm. because it's work we want to do. I so am with you on that because
0: you know, you hear different conversations and sometimes everyone has different emotions about someone making a lot of money from appearing at an event or doing a brand partnership. And when I hear that, I just like gracefully step away and I'm, I'm, I, I'm personally committed to celebrating, just like you said, celebrating their successes because there's enough for all of us. And, you know, someone asked me the other day how I monetize and they asked me whether it's through ads. And I was like, no,
1: it's, I don't consider it ads. That's it's, so funny. I would never think of it as an ad, but I guess technically, 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 technically oh, ads. cool. That means I figured out that part too. I never thought I was like ads. I'm never going to figure that out. Oh, I guess I did. See, <laughs> but <laughs> like, you know, I see
0: more as integrations. Yeah. It's storytelling. It's, it's photography. It's the whole
1: strategy. Mm-hmm. It's strategic activation. And yep. so Yes. And reshaping to what we think is successful. Because if you had a colleague who was at a more traditional looking position and they got a promotion or they got a bonus or they got a new account, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. We're just talking about it in social media or online marketing. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not that different. It just looks a little different.
0: Yeah. So if you guys are not bloggers, and not sure what we're talking about. We're talking about as a public figure, most likely you are working with brands and hopefully they are hundred percent in alignment, which you believe in. And what it is, is creating content about the products, about our personal experiences with them in a way that
1: really adds value. New advertising for them. You know, we're not watching very many commercials anymore, but we are certainly watching our phones. So
0: exactly. So Robin, what is next for you?
1: Mm, More mama stuff for sure. It's getting louder and stronger and clearer. I was at a retreat this past center and that was this past weekend. And that was the one thing that kept com- people kept coming to me to talk to me about my parenting philosophy and how I'm raising my daughter and how I handle her food and just, you know, wanting to be someone in this wellness world and take care of themselves and also take care of their families. And I always think for me, like where I'm the most scared or I'm the most resistant, that's exactly where I'm supposed to go into. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I felt the most scared about, the most resistance around. And I feel like it's starting. So I've let that be. And now it's starting to get louder. And it's coming to me more and more. And I'm getting more questions and more signs and more leading and more inspired. And so I feel like that's coming. So that might be a program. That might be my next book, likely will. And something around connecting to our intuition, connecting to our gut, what that looks like in a role as a mother. And that does, to me, that translates as it doesn't even need to be in a child. It can be someone who mm. feels like they have a mothering role in their lives, in their families, in their business. You know, I am a mother to my business too, for sure. Mm. So what does that mean to lead from my intuition and to trust myself? So that's next.
0: And build a conscious business that is killing it. Thanks. Mama. So just called you mama. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else that I didn't ask you
1: about that you would like to share? Hmm. Anything else? Do you ask me about how like I relax and like chill out from all of this? How do you? Yeah, because there's I'm like, I'm like, you th- I'm thinking over the our conversation. I'm like, it sounds like I'm always doing things and <laughs> working Up until 10 p.m. on your Instagram. <laughs> Up until 10 PM. So I definitely very much feel that I hold space for my team, that I hold space for my family, my community. I do feel very out there. So I make sure that I have time to go in, that I get quiet. Last night I sat in the shower and just let the water go over my head and just let that noise just be the only noise for like, long, I don't even lost track of time. So just sometimes like taking those experience, right? That would almost be like if I had a Float Tank, right? Same kind of thing. So just making sure I'm getting quiet and tuning in. I do infrared sauna therapy quite a lot. So I have a bed, a personal bed in my home. I'm going to do it tonight. That really helps me just chill out. I do watch a lot of junky television. Not What's your favorite? Not anything on Bravo. Oh my God. Housewives. I'm like a Housewives, like love, love, love the Housewives. And I really only have time for like one or two shows. Not really even a Netflix... Person, I'm kind of like old school. <laughs> I like enjoy fast forwarding my commercials. So yeah, so watching TV and then making sure that I do have connection time in the day with my husband. You know, if we put our daughter down, then we watch a sunset by the window just for a minute, or like really look at each other, phones away during dinner time. And then I always make sure that I have a lot of adventure real adventure, like stuff that really excites me on the calendar. Mm -hmm. You know, that we are going to music festivals or we're doing the things that light me up, that we have an adventure travel trip or somewhere we want to visit because... It takes a lot of work for those things to happen. If they don't get on the calendar, they're not going to happen. Because
0: if you don't do them and you spend all of your time working, then what's the point? What's the point?
1: And then also, I'm really good about when I go on those trips, like I am offline. Mm. Like I really, my husband's like, how do you do it? You have all these people. I'm like, because this is what I manifest. This is what I put out in the universe. This is what I trust. This is what I set up, you know? And I'm like, it's just going to be a quiet week. It's going to be a quiet week. And then it's a quiet week, you know? And of course, I have support and help, but just really making sure that there is time that I am unavailable and offline.
0: So tell me more about boundaries that you set with social media, with technology in your life.
1: Mm. It's funny, the boundaries conversation in my health coaching practice used to be more around clients, right? So like, how do you keep them to just the time in the session and that they're not emailing you out, you know, if that's not included in their program. Boundaries has been something that I've always been really good about. I'm like, this is my time. This is what this looks like. This is what keeps us better for you and for I. And around social media, I'm working on that one for sure because I enjoy it. Right, So it's something you enjoy. Not that I enjoy my clients, but to me, it felt like more like I could put that down and then walk away. But your phone's always with you. And especially when you have a child taking photos of her because you use your phone to take photos. So the app's right at your fingertips. So really just evening, like shutting it off at a certain time when I go into my infrared sauna bed, I shut it down for the night. And then mornings used to be something that I was, I think I remember seeing your post, like I'm picking up my phone too much in the morning. But like, didn't you do a challenge around that? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I don't bring my phone in my bedroom. Yeah. Which is like possible. I remember it. you working mm-hmm. on that. And at the time I was working on it too, but it hadn't shifted. Mm-hmm. And now it's, oh, it's meditation first put it down. Like I'm really good about that. And just getting some space for myself mm. and then eating. If you guys see me with food, like that's usually earlier or later, It's not in real time. Like I take the photo and I do it later. Like my phone is away from my food and mm. I am with my food because mindful eating is something that I always have to be very conscious of. I've come back from, come from a little bit of a disordered eating background. So I just have to be very aware of connecting with that and checking in that when it's time to eat, I am with my food and when it's not time to eat, I'm doing other things.
0: Mm. Before we wrap up, I actually, since we are on the topic of mindful eating, Mm -hmm. can you give us a couple more tips on mindful eating?
1: Yes, would love to. So mindful eating can sound like this thing we should be doing, right? Like, oh, I need to be eating more mindfully. I need to be putting my phone down. So rather than saying, do that, I like, don't do that rather, I like to give you something to focus on. So I always talk about chewing. So chewing your food completely, ideally to liquid before swallowing, just gives you something to be like, okay, that's my task. <laughs> I mean, So if I'm not going to have my phone, I'm not going to do that. Like that's my task. And so really chewing our food completely, that will slow us down as well. Another piece, eat your food when it's time to eat your food. So a lot of my women were dieting through their meals and eating through their days So when it was time to eat lunch, it's like, oh, I'm just going to have a little salad and I'm going to work at the same time and do all these other things. Like make a real plate of food, like how you said, what do I want? What sounds good to me? Tune in with that. Or if it's something that you made that morning or the night before, like what's what feels like it would feel supportive and nourishing and actually fuel me and then put everything away. And then the other part is let your body digest. So I know I'm asking a lot here. I'm asking for you to give more time to your food. You're supposed to give this much time to your food, but also add in a walk around the block after you eat. Add in another, just set a timer on your phone to do two minutes and just breathe and stare out the window. Listen to 10 minutes of a podcast. Just give your your body can't do all these different things at once. It's not supposed to, and that includes our digestive systems. How about eating while you're cooking? Raw veggies. Keep out a bowl of raw veggies. Because I know that can be a hard one for people, right? Because we're like in a flow, we're in a movement, we're in that like busy brain and we're hungry. So rather than saying, well, don't, don't, you know, ideally you're not, that's, you know, it is what it is. But I always say have some raw power veggies. So I love raw fennel is really sweet and cleansing I and great fennel. for digestion. So good. And that's one of those veggies I used to, I couldn't stand it before. And I totally changed raw celery, carrots, radishes, just have a little snack bowl or something like that. And you could just be munching on that. And podcast while you're cooking your great too. That was such a perfect timing. Ah! What's the best way for listeners to connect with you, Robin? So everything's my name on my website and Instagram. So RobinUcalus.com. If that's hard for you to remember, go ahead and just search Thin From Within is my recent book. And then you can grab my author name there. And I'm sure because I know will be sharing.
0: All the links. Definitely tune into Robin's Instagram because stories of Navy eating her <laughs> breakfast will make you rethink everything you know about eating and mindfulness and fun.
1: That's kind of my thing. It's like a whole series that I created of my daughter, Navy. Her name is Navy. She's about two and a half eating food. It's just, me- I just if, watch her. If it's- you have a separate dedicated account to just Navy eating every day,
0: <laughs> Navy eats. I promise you that will go viral. Navy eats. Think about it. I know. Shots. All right. In the next episode. <laughs> thank you so much for being on my podcast. And it was lovely to be here in your apartment looking at the river. Thank you for having me. It was super fun. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends, leave a review and find all the show notes on wokeandwired.com and connect with me on Instagram at Woke and Wired. Stay woke, stay wired and have an incredible day.